Bienvenidos y welcome to the Biz Bruja podcast, where we're claiming our powerful intuition, our sacred medicina, embracing our magic and healing ancestral patterns of colonization, oppression, invisibility, invoke powerful creations in our own well-being, our lives, familias, community, and our sacred businesses. I'm the creatrix of this broadcast, the biz bruja herself, Vanessa Codorniu, a modern-day bruja, fourth-generation psychic medium, an Argentine-American who started reading adults at 16, became a professional intuitive at 22, and now guides, creatives, intuitives, empaths, healers, and entrepreneurs to break through fears, connect to the practical power of their intuition so they can serve the world power. Hello, everybody, and welcome. Tan contento de estar aquí con Dr. D. Welcome, Dr. D. Hello, Vanessa, and everybody who's hearing us. Yes, I'm so, so happy to have this incredible mujer, this incredible guy, this teacher. I want to share her bio, and then we're going to have a conversation about her work, um, what she's noticed in the social justice movement, and healing with accountability and really look at venga, like whatever comes up in this conversation. But I wanted to give you the official bio as well on this interview. So Dr. Dayanara Marte is a master's in public health, a doctor in social work, the CEO and founder of the World Healing Lab and the People of Color Healing Justice Consortium. Dr. Dayanara Marte is a first generation Dominican immigrant dedicated to healing, trauma and social justice and an upcoming author of her transformational Every Little Girl Has a Story. Dr. Marte works globally as a trusted advisor, consultant, and coach with a wide array of philanthropy, community-based cultural and social justice organizations, and social service institutions, executive directors, essential workers, and first responders. With over 25 years of experience, she is renowned for her extraordinary ability to identify the social, spiritual, mental, and emotional impact that trauma, oppression, and violence have on women's ability to love, live, and lead. Dayanara is creating a movement that places self-healing and healing justice at the core of social justice. Dr. Marte envisions a world where young and adult women powerfully exist, are living into their future, birthing sustainable familias and families and organizations and leading a new world. I'm going to include her information in the body of this podcast interview. But just to begin, Dayanara, how, Dr. D, how did you, how did you come to this work? I want to know more about, we know your bio, we know your professional work, which is intense and I'm so grateful for the work that you do. How did you come to this sacred work, to your calling? Wow, Vanessa. Um, I think my story starts um, at when I was 15 years old. <laughs> um, I'm going to take us quickly through it. But I became a young mother um, at 15 years old. And I think that that, whether we like it or not, um, has a, a profound shift right, in, 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 a, in a woman's identity. Yeah. And um, I think it embarks her on a journey that she's not even really aware of. And so being a young mother um, at a time in the United States where, like, you didn't really see that, right? That was 1991. It was taboo to be a young uh, woman, a Latina, um, pregnant. 
especially in my school. I think I was one of like two or three young sisters that were pregnant. And, you know, you were labeled a hoe or something by your community. And um, I remember uh, having to go into uh, a parenting class. I couldn't take regular classes anymore. I was a sophomore in high school, and I had to take parenting classes. And from there, I started to go around to different classes and really talk about how I had gotten pregnant and my story. And that led me to... Um, wanting to become a peer educator, and um, I started talking to people who were doing that work, and they told me to go to Hunter College, where they had a community health program, Um, and I went to Hunter College, and I took a community organizing class, and um, the, the professor of that class was the founder of an organization in the South Bronx called Casa Atarexache. She yes. was one of the four founders of that class. And Casa Atarexache translates into the House of Women's Power, La Casa uh, del Poder de la Mujer. And, um, and I went in to do just a 100-hour internship, and I was there from 1998 till 2015. Wow. I took on an executive director position in 2003 and rolled that wave till I was, uh, till, till 2015 when I had to, uh, make one of the toughest decisions of my life, which was to close down this organization that had really shaped, um, not just my social justice calling, but also had taken me through a journey of self-healing that was imperative to how I was going to show up. In, in my social justice. And so that's how I came into this work. Um, everything that I know about spirituality obviously had been passed down to me, you know, through my ancestors, through my lineage, through my mother, but then it was really cultivated in this uh, safe space of other Latina, uh, Black, Indigenous, Taina, women of color who, uh, you know, dreamt of a space where women didn't have to go through the racism and the sexism and the patriarchy and white supremacy of working in other institutions that are supposed to be safe spaces, but then you're going through this oppression within them. Right. Um, And so that's how I came in. That's how I came into this work very briefly. Thank you for that story. And I'm so glad that this space, you know, that it's there and, um, what are you feeling as you're watching? I mean, I know it's been a long time coming. Like we've been waiting for this for a long time. Um, many of us spiritual people who know the truth about what's going on, not the white, not the, the love and light, right? The love and light spiritual bypassing energy that has also been prevalent. Um, what are you feeling um, we're being called to at this time? You know, what are you feeling that we're being called to? Is it first as a people in general, uh, as Latinos, like how can we also support our own um, healing of the racism that is so underground? You know, as a South American, I've seen it, I know it, I've called it out. Uh, I'm also in my own process of, uh, I have been for a long time, um, acknowledging my own white privilege and um, learning. So, what are you feeling? Like, how can we show up during this time, just as people, as Latinos, and also, what what message could you give to people of color who are dealing with this shift, this 
big civil rights movement that's formed? I think um, this is a real critical time. I think you said it. We, we've, we've seen it coming, especially those of us who are doing light work, who are healers. Um, I think prior to COVID, we were, we were exhausted as a people, um, whether people were exhausted in their personal life within the organizations and movements that they were a part of, right? Like things were just coming to a head, especially during this administration. Yes. Um, and so I, I, I am a firm believer that we called for this time. We just, we didn't call for the COVID piece of it, right. but you know, that's not the way the universe works, right? The universe is like, I'm a, I'm a give you what you don't even think you need, right? Even if it, and it's going to mean you coming face to face with some of your, your biggest fears. And so I think that 2021, no, where are we? I'm moving ahead. 2020 um, has put most of us in a position to face our biggest fears, right? And, and grieve illusions that we've been living into, illusions of, of comfort, illusions of, um, you know, the, the, the normalcy that we've created around the way that this world works, illusions around love, illusions around organizing, even illusions around what, what being a healer, right? And, yes. and doing light work means. I think we're all just coming face to face with that. And, um, and it's a pivotal, pivotal time um, for us to create the world that we want to live in, right? Both personally, movement-wise, and then just around the globe, right? Because there's also been an illusion of separation. Yes. Um, and, uh, and you're absolutely right. I know I'm Dominican, and, you know, a couple of years ago you saw the – the interracial war, right? The racist yeah. war that was happening in the Dominican Republic with yeah. the Haitians. Um, yeah. It's part of our history, right? Uh, all of our histories, uh, the race war in the internal race war has been a part of our history forever. And yeah. so this is, this is it. This is the, is, this is the reckoning, right? What we're calling a time of reckoning, but I think it's not just a reckoning outwardly. I think what I've been focusing on is the reckoning that's happening within that nobody's seeing. Yes, yes, yeah. Right. Yeah. It's la verdad. And I think I've witnessed, uh, I've been doing a lot, a lot of one on one work and um, holding a lot of Reiki trainings. And I feel like even so many, like you said, the reckoning within, I've been online for eight years. So for me, I've been here already, like I already, you know, had lost. But, but I think that it set me up in a good way to be grounded, to be holding space for others. But I think mm-hmm. it's this. It's inviting people to look at well, how am I going to make my money and the priorities, right? Because people who wanted to be home with their kids now get to be home with their kids, right? And then dealing with what that entails, um, relooking at how work, what work is, how mm-hmm. much work you, um, even just the American and colonized energy of work, work, work all the time to survive, right? And how our government mm-hmm. hasn't supported us in education or in. Um, healthcare. What are some things that you would recommend? Um, let's say, let's address like, like, like healers. Let, let's talk about Latino healers, like Latino healers, Latinx healers. What are some things that you can recommend for them to look at for themselves or in supporting and being able to show up? Um, you know, go home, right? 
literally and figuratively right like uh this is a time to go home and to deal with what home looks like in its resiliency and its dysfunctionality right mm-hmm. um and it's a time to for those So you were saying about going home, home to all of our resilience and our dysfunction. Yes. You know, I think that this is, um, this is an opportunity for us to, for those of us who do have our mothers um, that are alive, our grandmothers, uh, the ancestry part of us that is still here, this is a time to go and ask questions. I think this is a, a, a Deep, deep time to be introspection, in, in, in deep inquiry and introspection. And I, um, you know, I'll give an example, right? I have been in deep reconciliation with people in my life, um, mostly exes, <laughs> yes. because that's where sometimes things start the most. But one of the things that I, that I cannot stand when we talk about healing with accountability, I'll give this as an example, is when someone calls me to ask me, well, what did I do to harm? Can you share? You know, I don't know. And my someone who hasn't done the work, right? There are things that we know that we know about how we harm people, about how, not even harm people, that's a big word, but how we break someone's heart, how we don't keep our word, how we disappoint people, right? Um, how we hurt people. And, and we know. There are things that we know. And so I always respect someone who calls me and has done the work and shows up at the table saying, look, this is what I do know. I know that I was a bitch. I know that I didn't keep my word here. I know that I didn't keep this promise. I know that you told me not to do this and I did it anyway. Right? Like I respect people who do that. And this time is a time I think that we're asking allies, black people are asking allies, white folks, to be in deep inquiry and introspection and evaluation and stop calling and asking, what can I do? What you can do is be in deep inquiry, (laughs) go home, ask your mama, ask your grandmother, right? Um, Ask yourself, right? Who am I? How am I and how have I been showing up? And then show up, show up at the table with that conversation. Then reconciliation can happen. Then restoration can happen. Then healing can happen. Don't come to the table wanting me to do the work for you, right? And granted, there are things we don't know, right? And, and, then, and then I can provide, I can fill in the gap for you. But come to the table having done your own work. So when I say go home, especially for Latinx folks, um, I'm literally saying go home or speak to your mom, your grandmother, tap into the magic that is you, tap into your history, tap into the conversations of racism that's happened within. I know that my father was a black, dark-skinned man in the Dominican Republic, and my mother talks a lot about her being a white-skinned Cuban woman and how, uh, you know, there was racism within the family because she wanted to marry him, all right? And so, you know, this is the time to look within to understand how internalized racism is playing out in your home, 
This is not a, a social history conversation. This is how is it playing out in your house? Yeah. You know, have you been a gatekeeper? Have you opened the gates for people? Who are you going to be? What is the stand and declaration and manifesto that you're going to take on as a person in this world moving forward, right? And how do you align to that? And, and how do you create uh, a team of accountability around you, um, you know, to check you yeah. all the time, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I'm so inspired by what you're saying because going home and assessing, you know, checking in on our house is the only way to really change the world. Tenemos que empezar en casa, ¿no? Como se dice. And coming in to, to find out who we are, where we come from, and what is the story is important, like you said, to do the work. Um, what is your hope for your organization now or for the work that you are creating or continuing or you know have you been guided to shift your work have you been guided to deepen have you been guided to create something different or to continue like if you can share maybe it's private but if you feel like sharing mm -hmm. anything um what are, where have you been guided to go next or to show up as or to bring in wow um I think that this is also just the way that there's a reckoning out in the world. This is also an amazing time where the universe is conspiring to get all the healers and the light workers together. So I'm so honored to be on this call. I know, Vanessa, you've been doing this work for years before this was called transformative justice or restorative justice or any of that, right? We just, we just did the work. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I think this is a time to do this, exactly what we're doing today, together today, which is inviting each other on our different um, platforms um, as light workers. This is no longer a world that we can be in competition. Yes. So, um, so it's leading me to create collective spaces of like-minded um, people of color who yes. are wanting to transform this world from not just a spiritual um, reckoning that's happening, but also within the context of race, class, and gender at the intersections of gender-based violence, institutional oppression. There's just so many of us out here, and I think we're finding each other. And so I've been called to just create spaces to uh, bring us all together um, and have us all create frameworks for our communities, moving, frameworks of liberation for our communities to come out on this other side uh, sustainable, right? And and yes. in their most divine power um, is what I'm what I'm putting out in the world, mm -hmm. and um, and that this is a global conversation, right? So to not forget the global community that is dealing with epidemics inside of a pandemic have been doing the work of uprising for so many years, right? Um, yes. That are, that have joined that have joined the United States at this time right now um, has been really beautiful to see. So I've always uh, I've also moved towards a more kind of global conversation. Um, yeah, at this time, mm -hmm. I love it. And I was reading in your bio. Thank you so much for that. I'm just sitting here like receiving your words, tu energia. Um, you write. You wrote a book, or you're writing a book. Uh, what can you share about? about this book 
Wow, this book has um, <laughs> been being. We're here for you, girl. Life. We're here for you. Oh my God! <laughs> I, I want to read it. This book since 2014. I mean, this is the book of my life, but it, it culminated, I think, more intensely in 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 around 2014, um, 2015. I think I'm, I'm glad we're kind of shifting into this conversation so I can go back to um, how I came into this work. Yes. And so the book is a transformational memoir around, um, you know, me being a Latina executive director, especially at a time when there weren't many of us doing this work and definitely not doing the uh, being so outspoken about the spirituality of social change, right? Like I came into this work when nobody was talking about healing. Yes. Um, it was taboo, both in the mental health, the social work profession. It was definitely taboo in the social justice world. Um, and, you know, we got a lot of slack for that, right? People were like, y'all are just a bunch of lesbians and witches and, um, you know, wearing white and burning sage and, and protests. Like that was not the thing to do. And so this transformational memoir is about being a, uh, a Latina that works in this amazing organization um, that supposedly has all the trauma-informed, culturally specific, survivor-centered, right, framework and theory and practices and healing modalities, and yet still having to close down what was supposed to be a sacred space. Mm -hmm. And when I had to look back and think about, well, what happened to us, what I got was that each one of us that had come through its doors was really a little girl who was looking for another family, mm -hmm. um, who was looking for another mom, another sister, um, who was also in her own reckoning and without the proper tools to be able to do our healing work, we played out of everything that happened in our own families mm -hmm. and we destroyed our sacred space. And so, um, now on the so that the transformational memoir is about the, the my reckoning around having to do that and vowing to never have to let another sister of color be on a journey of social change without the the healing that is necessary to be able to do the social change out in the world. You need to be able to do the social change within, and so that that that's the story um, in that book. Wow, I really want to read this book. So please, when you're ready to release it, let me know. I will share this. I will share it on my platforms and my mailing list. And what you said resonated so deeply because specifically for your organization, you know, so needed, so needed. I've witnessed this in many other organizations, right? Showing up, leading a family but not having the tools to do our own inner healing. In the end, either the team breaks down, the group breaks down, the organization breaks down. And so I think you're speaking to something that's very relevant and very, it can be very insightful for anyone who is creating an organization or creating a collective or been part of one. So I think it's gonna resonate across the board. Um, from your experience, it, it, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. From your experience, Dr. D, what are some steps or anything, you know, anything that comes to you that we can, I mean, you said go home, so you said it all already. You said talk to your ancestors who are living, do that research, do your own healing work. 
Is there any tool or anything that stands out that helped you um, deal with your healing or support you in your healing? Is there any particular tool that you love or that you've relied on? Yes, especially now. I know that, um, you know, our, our spirituality, I think, as Latinx people and, and uh, indigenous people and black people has always been something very personal. Um, and I think this is a time to make it very, um, make it not personal, right? Share it with the world. This is a time to share our spirituality with the world. And so, um, you know, I love to get up in the morning and um, light my candle. Sometimes I have no intention. Like, I think we create um, spirituality um, as something that, you know, has to be done right. Yes. And there's no right way to spirituality. Sometimes I get up and I have no idea why I'm lighting a candle, but I know that I need to light something. Yes. Something needs to be light for my day. Um, and I don't have the right words. So I know for me, having a ritual of getting up in the morning, lighting my candle, putting on some incense, whatever the smell is that I need that day, um, clearing up my the area that I'm going to work in has to be... It's very important for me. I can't work in chaos. Um, sometimes I, you know, go into prayer mode and I'll listen to, um, you know, some affirmation or some prayer for the day that gives me hope. I also have a team of people around me. And, Vanessa, you're part of that team because I'm like, Vanessa, I need a reading. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love right? you, so I'm honored to support you. You're amazing. Seriously. Yeah, this is the time to create team. Team and teamwork is going to be very important right now. Um, And, you know, I have a team of of healers who do readings. I have a team of people who hold me to account um, to who I say I want to be in the world and don't let me show up as nothing more, you know, nothing less than that. I have uh, a team of people who I have fun in celebration with and, this is, you know, music is so important. Being around family and the things that you're most committed to is really important right now. Um, you know, and creating, creating. I think one of the things that I've been doing a lot lately, Vanessa, is helping people create their legacy, their stand in the world. And, um, you know, we have a lot of expectations of each other. And I'm just in a place in my life where I ask people now who come into my life, well, who are you? Like, what do you stand for? What can I count on you for? That's what I need to know. (laughs) I need to know what I can count on you for. And you can only answer that if you understand your stand in the world, right? Other than that, it's just a bunch of expectations. And and we just are constantly getting disappointed with each other when we're expecting someone to be something that they haven't necessarily agreed to or don't think that they are. And so I think that this, the time that we're in right now, we need to start asking the people around us, you know, who are you? What's your story? What do you stand for? What can I count on you for? Because then I can hold you to account for that. Right now, I can't hold you to account to a feeling. I can't hold you to account because you were at a rally with a Black Lives Matter protest sign. I can't hold you to that, right? right? Um, So this is a time to be in relationship to people. And that means having some deep conversations and not just having expectations that people are going to read books and hold up signs and post shit that sound good. And then we're like, 
oh, I'm disappointed because, you know, on that last Zoom call, that person was an asshole. Well, yeah, they were <laughs> because they didn't agree to not being one, uh, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't agree that with you, right? So there's no way that you can hold any accountability. Um, so I think that that's a big message, I think, that I've been um, putting out to everybody and all the organizations I work with now, like how do we understand who we're working with and what are the agreements that we're making with people so that then we can hold some level of accountability to that agreement. Thank you, Dr. D. I actually feel like I'm going to do this. I have some time on Saturday. I'm going to sit down and I'm going to ask myself and write it out, you know, what, what do I stand for and what can my, what can my community count on me for? And I know it and I've said it, but I feel like I'm actually going to write it out. And I feel anybody who's listening, no matter whether you're a part of organization, you're a human, you're a healer, I think it could be a really great exercise for all of us. I'm actually going to do that. Um, thank you. I feel really inspired by that um, because I think it will also help us as healers, if you are a healer doing this or just as a sensitive human or as a human, um, find, also create boundaries, right? Because when we're in service, we can also go overboard, right? We talk about the mm -hmm. asshole, we agree to be an asshole with you. Pero también we have the giver who's like, you know, giving so much that they're collapsing. And so what are we standing mm -hmm. for? We're standing for making the world a better place, but not to my detriment, right? And to my drainage. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. So, And I'm very curious about this. Dr. D, how do you work with organizations? How do you work? I mean, mm -hmm. probably many capacities, but how do you, you know, maybe somebody's listening or how do you do this work that you do with organizations and, and groups? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I do a couple of things with organizations. Usually I work with the executive director of the organization to do executive coaching. I think people forget that organizations are not an entity. The people who work in the organization create that organization. And the leader who leads that organization, their spirit, their spirituality is what is leading the energy of that organization. And so most times I get called into an organization because there's some internal crisis, some disclosure that is happening, and the organization doesn't necessarily have things in place to manage um, personal crisis that uh, staff is coming into the organization with or interpersonal crises that's happening across gender, across race, across class. And uh, I think that there's a myth that because we all have a political unity, that that somehow means that we're going to not deal with interpersonal dynamics that are harmful. And, um, and so I go into organizations and support them in creating um, healing spaces of accountability. And, and one of the reasons I keep saying healing with accountability is because although I can come in to do um, personal practices, right, um, health and wellness and check-ins and all these amazing things, uh, my work with organizations is around how do you have 
uh, a space and systems within your organization so that when trauma is showing up, when oppression is showing up, that you know how to interrupt that in real time, that you know how to dismantle that in real time. Because most of us that come to this work of social justice, we come to it because we've personally experienced it, we've witnessed it, um, and we haven't done our own healing around that. And so when we're at a table and someone is coming at you, um, you know, in in an LGBTQ organization, you're still going to have transphobia and homophobia. In a DB organization, you're still going to have people who are going through some form of domestic violence, intimate partner violence, and then yet there's no space to hold that when somebody discloses that or when that's playing out within the organization. So I come in to hold that space. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Powerful work. I love, thank you so much. And it's so needed. I've been in so many different groups where I've noticed these things and it's like, there's no one, like you said, how do you handle it in the moment instead of brushing it under uh, the rug and trying to keep everything quote unquote normal seeming when it's not. Um, so this is powerful. And then it, be- it becomes gossip, right? It becomes a, it, you know, we start doing the very things capitalism wants us to do. We start becoming we start becoming individualists. We start protecting ourselves. We start surviving the organizational culture. We start gossiping, right? And it destroys. Yes. It destroys the very sacred space that we're trying to create. Hmm. Whew, thank you. I think you've you've really um, given us a lot to think about and to feel into. Is there anything that you would like to close up with? And then how can people follow you, reach out to you, uh, find you, but anything you want to close with, Yalgo, and, and then how do we find you and work with you or just support the work? Hmm, good question. How do I want to close? I think I just want to tell people there is a, you know, there, there's a thing that I think a question that all healers are asked, if, and if, I don't know if you get this a lot, right, but like, like, is, a, is, is there another side, right? Like, when will this end? Yes. You know, is healing it's- possible, right? Um, and, I, and I always want to tell people, yes, it is. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is, because me and Vanessa are on that island. <laughs> and that doesn't mean that um, we don't still have our own work as long as racism and oppression and capitalism and white supremacy and the pillars of this world continue to exist, we will always have to do our work, right? Just when you think you've healed around something, there's something else to continue to do healing around. And just when you think you've peeled the layer off of something, there's something else. Um, And so healing is not a place to get to, but completion is possible. And there is another side um, to all of this. And, And for the most part, I always think I'm standing on that other side. So I just want to tell people that what they're doing is not in vain, um, that the healing work that they're doing is not in vain, um, that they will see the results of it um, little by little. There is another side to this. Um, And how can you get in touch um, with me is I'm on Instagram. Um, My name, Dayanara Malte, and also on my website, www.dayanaramalte.com and yeah that's what I got yes gracias Dr. D and we'll be looking out for that book so I'm holding space para que, para que salga para que salga and, um, and gracias thank you for saying yes thank you for the work that you do 
Thank you for taking the time to be here with us today and for giving us hope. Y que, la verdad, like I'm holding that space that this, this, this civil rights movement becomes the last one that we need. That's my hope. And that before we leave the planet, that our, that our grandkids, that our kids can live in a different world, a better world, and we can create better organizations. And so, dejamos con eso y pedimos... Pedimos ayuda a nuestros antecedentes. We ask our ancestors, our guides, our angels to let it be so and just continue supporting us. Hmm. Yes. Muchas gracias, Vanessa, um, for that play, prayer and, and declaration. Y um, para todo el mundo who's listening right now, you are enough. Um, this is not your fault. <laughs> There's nothing that you could have done differently. For those of us waiting for an apology from somebody somewhere, Um, I'm going to give it to you. You know, I'm sorry. You are loved. Please forgive yourself. Um, yeah, and we love you. Yes, we love you. Thank you.